0: 7.45 on a Saturday morning. Time for a wine chat. Our wine chat with Jack Farrell from Haskell's Morning Jack. Denny, how are you? I'm doing quite well. Getting ready for an almost 90-degree day today. <laughs> Last week it was 50. <laughs> Theater of seasons. in Minnesota, right. <laughs> the weather will change. Absolutely. 40 degrees. Wow. Yeah. Anyhow, what I thought I'd talk about today is a very, very favorite area of mine that I haven't talked about or mentioned in years. This week, I had some people here from Spain, and of course, the conversation turned to wine. And my favorite Spanish wine is a Rioja. And I just love Riojas, and we haven't talked about them in a long time. They're an overlooked treasure, believe me. You know, Rioja, really, to me, is Spain in a glass of wine. Think of Rioja, and you think of that wonderful uh, Serrano ham, or manchego cheese with some green olives. You know, it it just uh, depicts the countryside. And, of course, Spain is an interesting country for wine because it produces so much wine, and for many, many years, so much of that wine that Spain produced really was very, very ordinary. But the area that and now of course with improvement not only in the production and manufacture of wine but also in the growing techniques etc and we live in this wonderful world of ours today where you can learn about a new technique being tried out in California instantaneously in a small little uh spanish village so you know the information is there and that's why the wines of the entire world are improving so much. But I digress. We're going to talk about Rioja. And Rioja is such an interesting area. It's a little bit to the north and west of Barcelona. So you fly into Barcelona, which, in my opinion, is the most sophisticated city on the entire Mediterranean shore. Uh, Barcelona is just a wonderful City. It's an overlooked gem. The seafood along the coast there is magnificent. The city itself is just a beautiful place to visit. The old Rampala, which is the creek that used to run down to the ocean, is lined with beautiful shops, etc. Uh, and of course, Gaudi's famous Sacred Heart Cathedral, which I understand is almost complete, finally, after all these years, hundreds of years, uh, it, it's just a wonderful place to visit. But if you go up a little to the north and to the west, you get to the area of Rioja. Now, Rioja gets its name from the uh, Oja River, O-J-A River, Rio-Oja, and thus this big, huge area. And they have over 160,000 acres under cultivation. That's just immense in the world of wine. And in that 160,000 acres, they produce some wonderful wine. The wine of Rioja itself is kind of known for its structure, similar to Cabernet, but it has a fruity characteristic, and it's perfect for a wine lover who likes Cabernet but is looking for that dominant kind of fruity, cherry flavor that you find in a Pinot Noir. So there's something there in a Rioja for all red wine lovers. And it's amazing that the Rioja, how it is developed over time. You know, originally... Rioja goes back to the oh, Gal. I think the first reference was in 800. Some monk was writing about the wines of Rioja, and as you might guess, in those days the monks were the principal vignerons all over Europe uh, and produced wine. And but the Rioja was exported, and that was something unusual at the time, which indicated how good the wine was. So it has a wonderful history going back, you know, almost. Uh, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred years of written history about the wines of Rioja, and they get only better. Now, the Rioja is divided into really uh, four different wines. There's basic Rioja, which is uh, a wine that is aged only for a short amount of time. All Riojas experience oak. They're the biggest barrel producers, are users in the world, in the Rioja area, because every Rioja uses oak. The basic Rioja only spends a few months, less than a year in oak. We move on to Crianza, that's a three-year in oak. Then the Reservas, that's four years in oak. And then the Grand Reservas, which are five years in oak. So they all have wonderful age. And a wonderful story, at least for me once, was I was in Rioja, in the early 80s, and I was with my good friend Vincent, uh, who was the Marquis de Murrieta, and he had just acquired some new cellars, and we went over to the cellars to see what they looked like, etc. And there were these barrels, and I said to him, my God, there's wine in those barrels. He said, I know. It's probably all no good. He said, I just didn't pay very much for them. Well, we looked inside a barrel, and lo and behold, the tartrates, that had dropped off in manufactured wine, because wine can't stay in a wooden barrel and age very well unless the barrel is constantly topped up because there is a little evaporation through the it's called the angel's share in wineries that evaporates actually through the wood staves and what had happened with these Riojas is tartaric acid had built up inside and it was like a ceramic lining, about a one-inch ceramic lining around all the barrels Well, I was very interested because he had a bunch of barrels from 1942, which happened to be my birth year, and we tasted them, and my gosh, they were magnificent. They still had fruit. They were really just incredible wine, and they were almost 40 years old, Uh, 83. Well, they were 40 years old. They were 41 years old. So I persuaded him to sell me, a half a dozen cases because it was my birth year and I relished. I think it was only a couple years ago I drank the last of those 42 Marquis de Marietta's on a birthday. I had a lot of wonderful birth year wine because of that phenomenal uh, wine from the wonderful area of Rioja. In fact, another interesting thing, when I was a young man and did more tastings in that, and we taste at the time a lot of Bordeaux, and after Tasting all sorts of Bordeaux, good wines, Lafitte, Margot, Petrus, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I would tell my tasters, I want you to guess which one this is. And I'd bring a bottle blind, and they would guess all sorts of famous Bordeaux, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Nope, maybe the best wine we had all night. Could be, could be. Anyhow, guess what it was? It was a Rioja. And every single time it absolutely dazzled them. That they got a Rioja because the prices are so low. Even today, where Lafitte and those wines are six eight hundred dollars a bottle, you can buy a phenomenal Rioja for about a hundred dollars a bottle that has some age on it, etc. It really becomes a bargain. You know, one of the interesting parts of the history of Rioja was in the eighteen sixties uh, when the, uh, the start of the phylloxera epidemic. Uh, came about, and phylloxia was a root louse from the United States. You know, they did a lot of experimenting in those days, sending cuttings from Europe to the United States and vice versa. And we got a lot of cuttings from Europe. We talked about it a couple weeks ago about Zinfandel coming uh, through uh, a vineyard in Vienna, and actually uh, Croatia to the United States, where it became the American weed Zinfandel. But uh, the cuttings went back and forth, so they sent us uh, uh, the European cuttings, and we sent them our cuttings from our local vines, and with them, we sent them the phylloxera. And, of course, American rootstock was immune to this root louse, and today almost all wines all over the world are grafted onto American rootstock because the phylloxa, uh, is can't... Attacked American rootstock. well anyhow, the Bordelais are having big problems, so they all bunch of them moved down to the Rioja and they affected really how the wine was made and put a little bit of order and uh, more stringent rules, etc, and really improved Rioja amazingly. these French vignerons who moved there permanently, and most of those go back to that time and and of course. Uh Murrieta, the founder, was one of the first ones to insist on regulatory stuff. And so the Marquita de Murrieta is one of my favorite Riojas of all time. And again, because of that wonderful story of finding all that birth year wine. But the Rioja area really shouldn't be overlooked. Uh, It's a blend of varietals. It's principally Tempranillo. Now, there's an interesting story with the Tempranillo grape, too. You know, most grapes from around the world come from rootstocks from France and Italy. Well, Tempranillo is indigenous to Spain, and the Spanish are very, very proud of it. They've been making Tempranillo into wine for over 2,000 years. And unlike other countries that adopted these French and Italian wines, they really didn't do much of that. Virtually all the grapevines today you see a little. The first American rootstocks were uh, brought into uh, Spain in the '70s by a fellow. His name escapes me at the moment, but he owned the restaurant La Scala in L.A. and he went, and fell in love with Spain, and bought himself a vineyard. And he had shipped Cabernet and Chardonnay, etc. And he was the first one to plant American varietals in Spain, and they've taken a, uh, a life of their own over there, and people are growing American rootstocks there. My friend Miguel Torres, was an early pioneer in bringing wines in. But the Spanish, for centuries, just stuck to their own grape type. So Rioja is Tempranillo. And like I said, it's all aged. Now, there aren't many aged wines in the world uh, where wines have to be aged. For example, Brunello's de Montepicino from Italy have to be four years old. Champagne Vintage has to be three years old. Barolos from northern Italy have to be three years old, but even the simple Rioja has to spend time in the wood. And of course, what happens when they do that is there's a lot of pioneers and forward-thinking folks who say, "Well, you know, maybe we'd do better if we didn't age it at all, like made a nouveau Rioja and that." And so, but then they can't call it Rioja; they can say a de tab or, or Spanish table wine. But so all these wines are aged. So whether you get a simple Rioja, Crianza, Reserva, or you're fortunate enough to try a Grand Reserva, believe me, there's a vast area of wonderful red wine that comes from this Rioja area of Spain. It has a noble history. The wine is delicious, and it's certainly Mm. worth seeking out and trying. And as I said earlier, the good news is, they're much, much less expensive than their other age-worthy uh, wines from Burgundy and Bordeaux. Uh, you can buy a, a good Rioja for a fraction of what you'd pay for those, and the wine really is worth aging, and it's an interesting wine. It's good fruit, et cetera. So on this glorious uh, precursor to summer that we're going to have today, mm-hmm. <laughs> warm-weather day, Maybe you want to try a Rioja. Like I talked about last week, you can even put a slight little chill on. Put it in the refrigerator for yeah. 10 minutes, 20 minutes before you have it, and you're going to enjoy that Rioja very, very much. Well, Jack, That's probably more than anybody wanted to know Oh, about it's inter- interesting <laughs> stuff. Well, tell everybody where they can find everything you've talked about here. The folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. They love to marry wine with food, and, boy, they're pretty good at it if i do say so myself there's a haskell's near you where you can save big big dollars on wine haskell's in bloomington there's a haskell's in chanass downtown excelsior or If you're on lake minnetonka that's a good place to stop haskell's in Fairbow, right off at 35 our super seller up in maple grove haskell's in downtown minneapolis with free parking on Saturdays. haskell's at minnetonka plymouth St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com to visit our award-winning website, or go to WCCO.com slash wine. It'll take you right to the Haskell's website. And don't forget, Haskell's does deliver. Very good, Jack. Well, I hope we can talk one week from today. I'm going to look forward to that, Dave. Thanks very much.